0: But because we 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 saw that we can uh, control the, the pandemic, people can start like thinking differently now, and they're a little bit, uh, yeah, they're back again like seeing us foreigners as <laughs> people, um, yeah, full of opportunities and and. Yes, than just like foreigners probably having the (laughs) COVID-19.
1: This week on Dirty Linen, we wrap up a week of... Hang on, I want to do that again. Uh, Today on Dirty Linen, we wrap up a week of going around the country, talking to people in different cities about their experiences and how things are going. I am so excited to head to Hobart today to speak to Joanna Lemonnier, a working holiday visa holder, a gastronome who's working in a fine dining restaurant in Hobart and I'm so happy to talk to you, Joanna, to find out how things are going in Tasmania. Welcome to Daddy Linen. Thank you so much. Tell me where you are, uh, tell me about what you're doing in Hobart, where you're working and how things are going.
0: All right. So, yes, I arrived like uh, last July. Um, I was back to Hobart. I lived in 2018, six months in Hobart, and I always had re- very, very good memories here. So I decided to be back here and I struggled a little bit finding, uh of course, like uh, during the pandemic, Uh, Trying to find work uh, in hospitality, it wasn't a good moment at all. And now I'm very happy to work um, in the restaurant landscape, so part of the Henry Jones uh, Hotel, here in the Waterfront in, in Hobart.
1: I love that part of Hobart. It's so beautiful and feels very historic. It's just, I guess, on the edge of um, Hobart's quite small but very pretty CBD. And the Henry Jones Hotel sort of goes alongside one of the wharfs um, and there's ferries there, there's sailboats, there's, you know, waterfront restaurants. It's a really, really lovely part of of the city um tell me about
0: landscape and what the restaurant is like well so landscape uh and uh globally the henry henry john's restaurant is in the old factory ixl so it was a jam factory it's in a very um old and heritage building on the waterfront uh, it's, um, it's a grill restaurant, uh, using an Azado, uh, Argentinian, Azado, sorry, grill. So it's as a, uh, Argentinian style, uh, uh, wood fire barbecue. Um, yes, uh, it's a very, it's an amazing place, uh, for fine dining, uh, beautiful, um, beautiful, uh, design inside. you with, um, few, uh, they also like a uh, celebrate few John Glover um, landscape painting. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's a very, very beautiful place. And what's your role there? So I am a, a fine dining waitress. Um, I'm working with uh, also, so we are a team of, um, Oh, maybe six or seven per night. Um, working also with my uh manager uh who is a uh, maître d'hôtel. And yes, uh what can I say more? Uh it's uh, yeah, a yeah, really nice place.
1: Tell me why you love fine dining, like what you why do you love working at that level? What is it about the kind of experiences that you offer that that really make you happy?
0: Yeah, so um at first, so my, I wasn't working at all in hospitality in France. I was uh, working in event management and what I really like um, uh, working in the hospitality, um, especially here in Australia, so far from my country, uh, it's being part again, like a little bit like uh, in contact with my roots. So um, yes, um, the, with this, Uh, hospitality that we can offer in France. I'm really happy to uh, be part of that uh, here in Australia. So um, yeah, uh, offering very uh, good food, especially in Tasmania, so uh, beautiful products um, and also like hosting uh, people as your own guest. Uh, This is something I really like in hospitality and fine dining. Do you feel like that's something that is that
1: more of a sort of a classic uh, way of looking after people that you feel is is really embedded in France, whereas in Australia, where things are often very casual, that it's it's something that we don't see as much as perhaps you would have back home?
0: Um, I would say that uh, in fine dining, uh, we offer a high standard of hospitality and but something i really like in australia it's like even with high standards that we can offer it's still something pretty casual and the relationship that you can have with your guests your customers is not cold as it can be in france sometimes, in especially this kind of um, um fine dining restaurant and it's something i really like also so i i i won't say that French hospitality is better than uh, the Australian one, not at all. It's, I think in Australia, it's um, there is a particular mix that make it like really nice, like still with high standard uh, that I could we could learn uh, in France, but also with this casual, uh, yeah, this casual je ne sais quoi uh, Australian, which is like pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, you know what you've just made me think of is a time when I was in Paris and I was I was by myself and I wanted to really have a 3 Michelin star Benchmark experience for myself. So I booked myself self into Le Maurice, um, just right opposite the Louvre, like super classic, uh, such a grand dining room. There were ice sculptures, there were f- the there were like five-meter-high windows. There was these grand fireplaces, so big you could have stood inside them. And, you know, when someone would when a dish was presented at the table, it would take three people, like one person carrying the platter, someone else to remove the silver cloche, somebody else with the serving utensils and it was so grand and i was I was so charmed by it, and I think because I was evidently so excited, they were super nice to me, but I could see some of the other tables where people were a bit more blase and I guess you know people that have got a lot of money that take that sort of stuff for granted um were sort of just lounging around and not 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 noticing how beautifully the peas had been shelled like I was, but I really really appreciated every small detail and the grandeur of the room, and I suppose the tradition that I felt like. I was part of it's it felt so so French um but so so human as well you know I really felt like they were really happy to give me a memorable experience and look here I am maybe 10 years later still talking about it so I reckon they did a really great job
0: (laughs) yeah so if yeah, indeed. Like in France, we what we call um, art de la table. Um, so, like all the um, all the art of the hospitality, but also like the uh, you know, like all the kitchenware and um, tableware, all of that. Like it's a, it's a big part of our tradition, uh, and it's something that we really like uh, to um, yeah to. It's still part. It's part of our past, but we we r- really like it having that as part of our future too, and or like um, something that we like to, as an heritage, we like to celebrate in France. Yes.
1: Mm, yeah. And what
0: part of France are you from? Well, I grew up near Paris, um, but before coming in Australia, I was living in Bordeaux. Uh, My family on my father's side is uh, living uh, on the countryside of Bordeaux, what we call uh, Dordogne or Perigord. So yes, it's the country of uh, uh, duck fat potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So
1: what a, what a good country. That is an amazing part of France. Like such incredible food and wine. And oh, Bordeaux is such a great city as well. It's yes, so beautiful. beautiful. Yes.
0: Yes. We we call it the um, so not anymore, but it was the sleeping beauty. Uh for a few decades this uh, this city was um uh, not as amazing uh it it is now. So now they did a beautiful work on the heritage buildings and all the yeah all the vibes of this city it's pretty amazing yeah
1: Mm. one of the um, best food days of my life was in Bordeaux walking around with my daughter trying all the different canales so it's my favorite my favorite little cake baked in those fluted molds and it's got this beautiful caramelized exterior and just so, so just sweet and so beautiful on the inside. And I just, we we became experts by the end of the day, trying all the different canelets from the different shops. it was a, it was a very good uh, day of investigation.
0: Yes, it's, 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 yeah, it's really nice, really nice little uh, pastry. Yeah. So, um,
1: what brought you to Australia, Joanna? It's a long way from, uh, from France.
0: Well, um, at first, uh, I wanted to improve my English, uh, and I was also like, I really wanted like to do like a trip, or how can I say, like an experience in a in a overseas, overseas, like uh, in another country. Um, and I chose, uh, yeah, I chose Australia for different reasons. For, yeah, first one will be, of course, the landscapes. I was really attracted by that. The second is because I already had a um, few uh, um, contact here, a uh, little bit of network. Uh, yeah, and it was easier for me to arrive at least for the f- few uh, first weeks. Um, my plan was to stay only six months. Uh, and after my six months, I was back one month in France and I just decided to be back again in Australia because... I felt that something, um, I didn't finish something, if I can say that I couldn't be back in France, something, yeah, I I know, yeah, I, I really, I needed to be back in Australia. And I, am so now, yeah, so in March, it would be three years. Um, I didn't really travel as I would like uh, around Australia, but um, yeah, I had an amazing, amazing experience uh, here. So, yes. So with a working
1: holiday visa, first you get one year, then you get another year, and is is three years the outer limit of what you can have on the working holiday visa?
0: Yes. So um, you yeah you need to do three months uh, or eighty eight days um, to get the second year. So uh, it can be in farm. Uh, I think you can do mining. Very few um, few uh, few things uh, request. Uh, then you can do a third year if you do six months. So, yes, I did all of that, yeah, and I got uh, I've got my third year, so I'm currently on my third year. yeah,
1: so when you say the eighty eight days and the six months, that's basically rural work, and a lot of people go and pick fruit or vegetables. Um,
0: what did you do for those rural stints? So I was working in a farm uh, in um in uh, in New South Wales, so in the Central West, uh, a little bit further after Orange, um, and so I work in know in this fam- family farm. Uh, so with uh, beef cattle, uh, sheep, and grains. Um, it's it was really really um, yeah it's a it's it's a family. So it's a it was really pretty nice to work with them. It's it's still hard work like farming like everybody knows is uh, it's hard work uh but um yeah it was a uh, it was a nice experience too and i felt really lucky because i didn't work in bad conditions uh but sometimes we can hear some uh, working holiday uh visa holders mm-hmm. like working really bad condition or uh in different uh, big farms um from fruits and veggies. So I felt really, really uh, grateful about that. Uh, and yes, uh, I discovered all this area, the, what is the the Central West in New South Wales. It's pretty yeah, it's a beautiful uh, area. Also like orange, like a wine, uh, it's a wine country too. And yes, uh, it was pretty delightful. Yes. That's good. And what kind of jobs did you have to do?
1: What, what was your, yeah, what, what was your role?
0: Well, um, I was pretty, um, I was helping for different things. Like, uh, um, so sometimes if we had like the calf, I was in charge of the calf. Um I was also in charge of moving the cattle with uh, the buggy um I was also um so I didn't do a lot of big machinery because I didn't have uh, the skills to do that uh, but yeah, I was most of the time in contact, uh, also, so, so w- when we needed to, um, uh, giving like, uh, how do I say, vaccination for the cattle. So all this kind of moments, uh, also like, uh, sharing the, the, the sheep. Yes. Really? Yeah. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't really share, was like more in contact, like, uh, how can I say, like, um, uh, you know, like, uh, Um, uh, putting like the, the good, uh, wool on the side and the bad one on the side and cleaning around. (laughs) But no, no, sharing is definitely a hard work. (laughs) It is really hard. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's, that sounds like a pretty good experience. So you, you did that for 88 days and then what about the six months that you had to do? Or was that, or was that the six months?
0: Yeah. So I was back in the same, uh, I was back working for the same family. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, because I was, uh, yeah, I was just happy uh, because they are uh, fair people, uh, and so yeah, I, I, f- yeah, I felt it was a good idea to be back there. Yes, that's great. And so,
1: what about at the end of your third year? What's your plan?
0: So I, so my third year will stop in March, but I would like to start studying uh, in February. Um, I would like to improve my skills in hospitality. So I will start uh, hospitality um, studies next week, uh, next week, sorry, <laughs> next year. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, here in Hobart, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so So then you can go
1: on a student visa?
0: Yes, exactly. And I will still be able to work also for landscape, uh, so it will be, yeah, it would be a nice uh, nicer place to improve also my skills uh, that I will learn at school.
1: Great. That's so good. And do, I mean, yeah. do you see your future in Australia or do you think you'll go back to France one day?
0: Um, to be honest, uh, I really want to settle here in Australia, um, of course, like especially with a the pandemic, uh, it make, made uh, things like really hard. Um, I mean, like my plan was to be back for visiting my family in June. And uh, yeah, as everybody knows, like I couldn't do that at all. So um, yeah, now it will be two years but mm, two years, yeah, two years that I didn't see my family at all. Um, it starting being a bit hard uh, and in this hard moment, sometimes I felt that I wanted to be back living in France just because, yeah, it's, it's hard. But, yeah, in the sunny days, I will say uh, <laughs> I really want to settle here in Australia because, yeah, it's an amazing country full of opportunities. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. So when the pandemic
1: hit, were you in Sydney?
0: No, so yeah, I was um, I was re- very lucky. So so what happened uh, in was it in March? Yeah, in March, um, I wanted to be back in Hobart at the end of my um, uh, experience at the farm. So d- when I get my new visa, I wanted to be back in Hobart um, to stay like few weeks, uh, seeing my friends here and. I, my flight uh, was canceled and it's the pandemic started and I was very lucky to, uh, have friends there, uh, uh, in orange and they, uh, they just, yeah, uh, they just accommodate, uh, give me accommodation for, oh, until July. Yes. So from March to July. Yes. So I was very lucky. Yeah. Wow. Helping me. Yeah. So from March to
1: July, you're in Orange, not working as such, just um, just like hiding out more or less in Orange, which is a beautiful town. It's such a nice place.
0: Yeah, um, so what happened, sorry, I, I work a little bit, um, I work. I started working in June uh, for a restaurant uh, in Orange, there, so shared kitchen and bar. Uh, but yeah, before, sorry, before, so between March and 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 June, yes, I was uh, without any job, and because I was also living with someone with. Um, uh, Uh, someone very uh, at risk about the uh, COVID-19. I couldn't find any work like, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, as cleaning or risky work to protect Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Wow.
1: So that must have been a pretty isolated period for you and, and quite worrying because as a working holiday visa holder, you weren't entitled to any support from the government, unfortunately. Uh, what? Yeah, And I guess, you, you know, we didn't know how long that period was going to be. So how, how was that time for you?
0: It was pretty, uh, no, it wasn't pretty. It was very, very, uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety, to be honest. Um, it was a very, very tough moment. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm someone very um, dynamic and I felt like I, I was completely stuck inside. Uh, <laughs> it was winter. Um, yeah, I couldn't do anything like except sometime walking. I mean, as everybody, except sometime walking a little bit outside. Uh, and yeah, you have this anxiety uh, about what will be your future. So what will be... All the work, also all the month before, you work so much to uh, get, um, yeah, to get uh, an opportunity, for example, to stay here in Australia, and you and I was very scared that it could like just collapse, uh, yeah, all this work could. Um, could be for nothing if I can say that. Uh, there, there was, and there was also the problem of having no incomes at, at all. So uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was very hard. Yeah, especially as I said, like I'm someone pretty independent, and it's I, 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 I'm really grateful that people helped me so much in this period. But I also felt like I wasn't. Um, I felt a little bit bad to have all this help from my friends. I would say that, like, yeah, I felt like not bad, but as an independent person, I I wanted to, yeah. It was hard for me accept all this help, uh, but yes, it was, uh, yeah, anyway, it was very hard, yes, but. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, I guess you, as you've described, you know, you just finished your six month obligation to Australia, like you've been, abiding by the conditions of your visa which you know are pretty onerous like to and not just you know it's um, it sounds like you had a pretty good experience which is great but it, you really do have to jump through quite a few hoops to be allowed to stay in the country and then as soon as you've completed that obligation it's like you really the government really didn't um, return any sense of um, that obligation to you did it?
0: yes yes and something of course there was like few things really uh upsetting at this moment or so so uh not having help from the government it's something but also another thing is like there was a kind of how can i say um yeah i think like everybody with in my condition we all felt that the government uh the Australian government was uh showing uh its back like so they They just like, yeah, they didn't really treat us like, yeah, how can I say that? Um, All the effort that we can uh, give to Australia for to stay here. Uh, And at the end, so the government asking us like that if we can't uh, have like any uh, any income or anything, we have to be back home. And so we felt like very uh, abandoned. Abundant, Sorry. <laughs> um, yes, we felt. Uh, yeah, a lot of people felt uh, this feeling uh, because. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it's uh, people. Uh, so, uh, working holiday visa holder. Uh, uh, it's a big uh, workforce in hospitality or also in uh, in farming. So, in uh, fruit picking or and. And, and, yeah, and so we, we didn't feel at all, like, um, supported uh, at all by the government uh, about that, not just about uh, uh, money support, but also, like, support about, uh, yes. That uh, you were part rec- of it. We were not rec- Yeah, we were not recognized at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really. And it's something a bit upsetting, yes. Is it,
1: I mean, I can hear, you know, how much that affected you then like how do you feel about it now looking back I mean do you feel like you've I don't know is there is there a sense of I don't know we got through it okay whatever or do you still harbor some resentment about um how you were treated well
0: no I I'm not I'm still as I said I still want to settle here in Australia because I still feel that it's a yeah, it's an amazing country with amazing opportunities. So I, I don't feel, um, yeah, I, I felt upset at this moment, but I don't feel, um, how can I say? I, I, I'm i not enough upset to say, oh, like, anyway, now I'm back home and, and that's it. And I don't want to hear anymore about Australia. I still feel that Australia, um, it's, uh, it's a country Um. Uh, yeah where I can I can settle in my I can settle my future here uh it just yeah it was it was um it was a tough moment because people um also changed their uh yeah they saw people they saw like visa um, working holiday visa holder a bit differently I would say because the government wasn't uh supporting us people stuff supporting us also so we were like just foreigners like uh in this pandemic in this high moment of pod- pandemic we were foreigners pro- possibly uh covid-19 um uh holders too we were possibly like someone having uh covid-19 you know like all this um all this period of people were completely thinking really um uh how can I explain like um people were mixing like suspicious yeah suspicious and people were mixing everything uh so it was also that I think the the big thing is because the government didn't support us people also start like thinking uh not on the good way about about us like foreigners and not just uh, working holiday visa but also all the, the skills uh uh, visa holders and yes so yeah it was a bit um, it was a bit uh, it was a weird moment uh, but yeah I I can feel that things are things are changing pretty well and it's people like they can now like they are a little bit more relaxed I will say about the, the COVID-19 still like it's still risky and it's still like dangerous. But because we 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 saw that with good uh measures um we can uh control the the pandemic uh so st- people can start like thinking differently now and they're a little bit uh yeah they're back again like seeing us foreigners as <laughs> people um yeah. Full of opportunities and and yes, than just like foreigners probably having the COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know it's so it's so
1: important what you're saying, Joanna, because I think it really the government can set a tone for you know who is treated as an insider and an outsider in a community. And I think a lot of people in Australia, you know, this is probably the most people have ever had to engage with government or had to think about government. You know, it's a it's a sign of you know, our relative good fortune as a nation that, you know, the government just sort of hums away in the background for most people most of the time. But of course, because, you know, we had to deal with a pandemic, the rules were very much the fore and very much, you know, the first thing that people were talking about. And in an, in an environment like that, it's, um, you know, the the, the 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 messaging from our leaders is so important in uh how people are looked at and perceived and treated in a community and I think it was sure as you say you know there was definitely the the practical implications of of not being supported financially but there are these very um important implications as far as you know the tone and the feeling and um the emotional support that's given to people and it was really one of the things that that struck me as as most disappointing and damaging is this sense that some people are in and some people are out and that that kind of thinking can really you know it can really get out of hand in a society especially when it's under stress as we all have been um where you really don't want people to be marginalized there are so many reasons why that's the case and um you know, it makes them feel bad, but it also puts them on the outer in terms of you know a a, um, a health response, which everybody has to be part of. So it's um, it's wrong on so many levels, and I'm really glad that you it hasn't turned you um, against Australia completely, and that you're still here sharing your skills with us, and and that you want to um, continue to do that. I think that's great. There are. A lot of um, internationals that you know have left or are going to leave when their visas expire, and they're leaving with you know a really bad taste. And I think that, um, yeah, that that reflects on on everyone in Australia. And I'm I'm really I'm really ashamed of how Australia's treated people um, that were you know that were here according to all the rules, putting in investing in their time here. And yeah, it's a, it's a disgrace. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Hobart now because one of the things I've, I've wanted to do this week is just see how the cities are, are recovering. You know, I'm here in Melbourne and... Um, we are seeing the city come back but I think you know I was talking to a taxi driver the other day and he said every time he's taking someone into the city they're always they always say to him oh my goodness it's my first time back in Um, Hobart's Hobart's very different to Melbourne it's much smaller but you know tell me how the city's feeling you know it was do do things feel like they've recovered?
0: Yeah so things starting to be back step by step so um, uh, for example I can see it from my eyes as a uh i I, um when i'm working i will say uh so it's um our first so last week last week uh we're starting being open uh every day um from the first december and so yes the every night the, the restaurant like is pretty busy so um and I'm asking all the time when I'm uh, serving my uh, my my guests, my customers. I'm asking them uh, where are they come from, just you know, like to start um, the, the the discussion and starting having um, uh, yeah, a kind of. Uh, um, yeah, good start uh, for their dining, and, and a lot of people are telling me that they are from Sydney or Melbourne or Byron Bay or anywhere, and I, I right. can, yeah, can feel. Yes, so yeah, people are um, yeah, people are back in Tassie, and it's really good. Um, yeah, so the tourism, um, I think, step by step is uh, back on the track.
1: Yes, that's really great, and. Do you know if people are back working in offices for the most part in Hobart?
0: Uh, No, I think people are back. uh, It's hard to say. Uh, We say, so about my different friends, they are still sometimes like they try to keep like one day now I think now they are every day back in, in the office, yeah. They, they like, yeah, so recently they were keeping, like, at least one day per week at home and doing, like, everything online. Um, and now I think, like, every, I mean, everybody, just uh, what I can see from my eyes, um yeah. A lot are back in the offices so it's pretty back like as normal i will say um and i also see like just this morning uh that apparently now uh, Tazi, in Tazi, we are allowed to uh dance and um standing drinking so only for 100 people inside but it's still uh yeah it's still something amazing uh i'm really excited about that <laughs> Yeah, it's so
1: exciting those those little changes. We're we're now allowed to stand up and drink and we're allowed to dance as well. So it's funny the things that yes. we get excited yeah. about, isn't it? It's such a of course, yes. Such a strange year. Um yeah. So Joanna, things in France are not obviously—they're uh, not as lucky as us here in terms of, you know, effective elimination of the virus. Um, are you feeling fortunate in that sense that you're um, you're away from the pandemic? But um, but I'm sure at the same time you've got concerns about friends and family back in France.
0: Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like definitely uh, grateful being here because. Yeah, I can work today. Like if I was in France, I'm especially in hospitality, I <laughs> don't think I could I could find any work or I don't think I could uh, work. Um so yeah, I feel really uh very grateful about that and definitely give me I have also the other side, like I'm very anxious about my family in France. Um about like for example my grandmother, like yeah so everybody tried to protect her and it's pretty amazing uh but it just yeah it's a it's a tough moment there too at the moment um it's also like um yeah in france it was already like uh full of um how can i say tension about um economy uh about over uh things uh with a government and, you know, as you could see, uh, maybe um, earlier, that's the different strikes and that, um, that they have at the beginning of the year with the yellow jackets. And so um, all these things, like uh, it's still around. Um, they, and all this tension with the COVID-19, uh, it just like, it's something like giving me also anxiety. Like it's a bit, it's a little bit like a bombshell. So um, I just hope everything will be okay. Um, because, yeah, the country, yeah, yeah, France looks okay from overseas, but um, it's the country is pretty sick, I would say. Uh, yeah, sick about, yeah, the, the governmental, uh, yeah, lack of real leaders and good decision and like the, the, um, the pandemic, uh, management was very, very bad. Uh, so yeah, people are, yeah, people are pretty anxious about all of that in France. And yes, it's really tough. Um,
1: yeah. So, Joanna, when I come to landscape, what are you going to tell me that I need to order?
0: Mm. I will say that uh, to start, we have a beautiful um, uh, selection of Tasmanian oysters. Uh, um, I will also say that um, I will advise you a steak on our grill. So a beautiful Wagyu eye fillet, for example. Um, and of course, I will uh, advise you the uh dog fat uh potatoes <laughs> served with rosemary and garlic. Of course, I'm uh, <laughs> really happy to advise this one. Um, and yes, we have also like a beautiful uh desserts too. So, um, yeah, so it's um, uh, I will say it's a pretty uh simple uh cuisine, but uh. S- with very very um, uh, good ingredients, like really, uh, like celebrating Tasmania and all the the beautiful food that Tasmania can uh, can make and and offer. Yes.
1: Ah, so wonderful. Well, I know it would be an absolute pleasure to be looked after you in any restaurant, but I do hope I get the opportunity to come to Landscape and eat all the things that you tell me I need to eat. Uh, But, Joanna, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today. I really appreciate your perspective on this crazy year that we're almost through, and I'm, I'm really glad that you see your future here in Australia. We're lucky. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We wanna hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from
0: you. This is a Deep in the Wheats production.